A good portion of the average civilian's understanding of the military in the 1800s tends to come from movies and other forms of media. Unless you're a historian or you have a prominent relative who enlisted during those times, you probably think about it as more of a distant story than anything else, and these stories tend to focus on the bonds that people shared while fighting side by side. There are plenty of old stories with people from the army supporting each other against impossible odds, but sometimes that bond isn't quite enough. Sometimes the person that had your back in the trenches puts a knife in it later. My name is Brianne, and I'm the host and creator of Among the Dirt and Trees, a show where we explore true crime cases that occur out in nature. In today's episode, we're going to talk about Lake Phelan in Minnesota and the controversial, murderous history behind its namesake. Lake Phelan is located in St. Paul, Minnesota, and from what I could tell, the pictures of it online look pretty charming. It is host to a three-mile paved loop that is perfect for families, offers trees for shade, and has some beautiful sights that you can enjoy. Spanning across 198 acres of space, it has changed a little bit throughout the years. Back in the day, it was pretty popular for boating and sailing, but this lake has since grown in interest. Now, it offers everything from sailing to swimming to outdoor fun, and the park surrounding it is also said to be pretty amazing itself. Unfortunately, all of this beauty just doesn't change the controversial history behind it. Named after Edward Phelan, a former army private, Lake Phelan has been a hot topic of debate among the locals throughout the years. So, what's up with it? Who was Edward Phelan, and why are people so mad that he got a lake and the surrounding regional park named after him? Well, it's because that most people think that Edward Phelan was a murderer. The year was 1838 when Edward Phelan left the army and, consequently, his new business partner, John Hayes, behind. Though these two were temporarily separated, they had big plans for the future. Following the 1837 Treaty of St. Peter's, a controversial treaty that basically had the U.S. paying what was once the Chippewa tribe for their land over time while still allowing them to access the land for hunting, fishing, and gathering, things were changing a lot around here. I don't know enough about this particular treaty to speak to whether or not this was a good deal, but judging by our country's horribly controversial history with things like this, I would expect not. And this all seemed to be confirmed later on in a Supreme Court battle, so I'll just leave that there. But the U.S. purchasing this new land introduced a lot of opportunity for U.S. citizens to buy that land, and that is where our story starts. Familiar because of their time in the Army, Edward Phelan and John Hayes had talked about using this new treaty for their benefit. 
the two of them decided to each make a claim for land, and together, they would run a farm on it. Since Phelan was the first to leave the army, he went to collect the land for them, and for a while, that was a good thing. Their plan was to build a shelter and then just get to work, making this amazing farm that was supposed to be a really good opportunity for them. John Hayes was a likable guy, and he also had money. And this was good because it sounds kind of like Phelan did not. The plan was for Hayes to bankroll the operation while looking towards their inevitable success, and the two of them planned to tackle everything else later. Eventually, Hayes got out of the army in 1839, which was less than a year later, and then things began to get a little tense between them. At least, that's what a lot of people assume. Because one day, something went wrong. One day... John Hayes disappeared. Edward Phelan noticed that his good buddy John was missing, and he didn't like that one bit. He went to his neighbors asking around. According to Phelan, John hadn't come back after he ferried him a ways down the river. And this is where the drama began to unfold. Phelan told anyone who would listen that John was up in arms about a missing calf. Now, being a farmer, that wasn't exactly unusual. But Phelan said that John was convinced that his calf was stolen and that he had Phelan ferry him a ways up the river so he could confront the individual, which I'm sure we can all agree doesn't sound like a great idea. Phelan didn't explain why he thought someone from that area, a place known as Kaposia, would ride up and steal John's calf. He didn't say what quarrel John had with the people there, or what trail told him that his calf was stolen instead of just wandering off. Phelan just kept stressing that John went to seek out some foe up the river, and he never came back. And no one really had any reason to question him at the time. Being neighborly people, locals in the area formed a couple of search parties and went looking for John. Phelan claimed that he took John up the river, but later reports would say that everybody just saw Phelan alone. They never actually saw John in his boat. They searched for him for three full weeks until they found him dead. John was so violently beaten that he couldn't have been identified by anyone who didn't know his more recognizable attributes. His face was a ruined mess of blood, and he could only be identified by his hair and what was left of his nose. I couldn't find anything that specified, but I also kind of assumed that he might have been wearing some of his usual clothes or something too, just based on how badly injured he was and the fact that people could still tell who he was. With John's body found, it was time to look for evidence, and the evidence was fairly damning. Near their shared cabin, a large amount of blood and patches of John's hair were found, so... People saw that, and they got pretty suspicious about it. 
All of the attention turned on John's unruly business partner, and people were fairly quick to point the finger at him. Phelan was arrested almost immediately for John's murder, right after the mysteriously missing calf showed right back up, proving that it was likely never stolen at all. Even after his arrest, Phelan claimed that he was innocent. He continued to state that someone else killed John, eventually pointing the finger at the natives in the area, but it was to no avail. He passed time in jail waiting for his chance to argue his freedom against a grand jury. But by 1840, Phelan was back in his cabin, and that was the same one where they found all those pieces of John. It's actually unclear whether he was indicted at all or if he was acquitted for his crimes, but for whatever reason, they didn't stick. Of course, he ended up with another charge a decade later. In 1850, he was indicted for perjury following his election as a local delegate for an 1848 convention. Because apparently his neighbors were all willing to look past the whole murderer thing, so they voted for him. I guess that Phelan didn't think that he would get lucky twice because he chose to flee. Rumors state that he was heading to California, but that his journey was actually cut short. The story says that Edward Phelan was killed by his fellow travelers, so maybe justice was served in the end, just in a very different way. For whatever reason, Phelan's name stuck, and a lot of people find this interesting because it seems like Phelan is actually the first recorded murderer in that area. There's just one problem with all of that. At some point, all of the records surrounding Phelan's crimes mysteriously disappeared. But his name still remains on everything to this day. This definitely isn't the only case where a business partnership ended in murder, and as a small business owner who works with a high volume of different clients, it certainly gives me pause. I guess only time will tell if one of them ever goes full lifetime movie on me, but hey, maybe I will survive, and if I do, you know that you guys will definitely get the scoop. So, if you want to discuss the nuances of navigating business partnerships, the beauty of lakeside living, or the inherent dangers that come with talking to literally anyone, feel free to contact me on Twitter or Instagram using the tag at datpod. Thanks, guys. 